0: Right. welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show we're going to be talking about the really, really creepy movie, Smile, which is out in theaters right now. Joining me to talk about it is Daniel Berrios from the Movies Podcast. And we've got a lot of great puzzle pieces to talk about with this one. A lot of good stuff, a lot of interesting things, a lot of creepy shit. But uh, that's coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together, wherever it is you're listening And if where you're listening happens to have a five-star button, we'd appreciate it if you hit that five-star button and uh, maybe drop a little review. If you're listening on Good Pods, you can also comment right on the episode and let us know if there's any puzzle pieces we might have missed. So do that. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, other than that, make sure you're following us on social media, at Piecing Pod, and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show And let's talk about Smile. All right, Daniel from the movies is back with us after, of course, talking about Morbius earlier this year. This time around, though, maybe we're going to do some jump scares. What do you think, Daniel? Sound like a good idea? Ah, I'm being spooked out (laughs) over here, man. (laughs) <laughs> is there a movie this year with with more jump scares than this movie we're about to talk about uh arguably morbius
1: yeah that's true morbius, morbius might have had more of jared little
0: going ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure yeah good point good point uh yeah th- this movie smile i everybody was like super psyched by the trailer even though it kind of just looked like a run-of-the-mill-ish horror movie it just had that one great moment with the head spin thing and i think that kind of got people talking and sometimes that's all you need to uh kind of separate yourself apart from the pack i feel like and it kind of worked because i mean look we're we're talking about this a week after its release and uh it's still probably going to be the number one movie the second weekend in a row
1: yeah uh, paramount i mean say what you want about them they've been doing fantastic this year and it's not just on uh on like the top gun front not on the big blockbuster they've been doing great with everything they've put out. Could be Lost City, this, Top Gun, like all around the board. Hell, even uh, the new thing on the internet is the Blue's Clues trailer, the Blue's Clues No Way Home Mm. thing, where everybody's kind of invested in that now because, you know, the generational appeal that. So yeah, kudos to Paramount for dropping some, uh, specifically like great marketing on this thing. That first teaser where it's just, you know, the girl smiling, staring straight in the camera, that's a... Eye grabber people at baseball games being hired to just stare <laughs> creepily into the camera, you know, amazing stuff. Say what you will about the movie, the marketing for this has been phenomenal, and uh, I think the fact that it's not a uh, Saw seventeen or like part mm. of the Conjuring universe where they try to shoehorn that in is just kind of its own thing. Even if it does borrow so much from other movies that we're about to talk about here. I think that's just yeah. refreshing enough for audiences to go ahead and step out and give it the first spooky season run of the year.
0: Absolutely. Well, before we start getting into the puzzle pieces, one more thing. Are you yourself scared of creepy smiles? Like like over overindulgent like big smiles? Because I'll tell you, I am scared shitless of them. <laughs> like I, I think they're very, very and so this movie was like just seemed like it was like Set to affect me in a way, you know,
1: I've noticed that uh, I'm not particularly because I think I'm the one that does the creepy smiling like I will <laughs> I will s- straight up like look at people across the room. Like if I'm trying to get your attention and I've already kind of said my piece, I'll just straight up stare and like do the mm-hmm. whole uh, overly attached girlfriend meme where it's just like the mm. and hold it and just wait for somebody to show up uh eye contact is a good thing most of the time most but of the when, time when
0: attached to a creepy smile then it, it kind of you
1: know i it, think it's one of those you know. things where like you're going down the street and like uh like i remember when i was a kid i used to live in chicago and we'd go to the zoo sometimes and then you're like walking in the crowd and it's that one person that you see like a little too many times and it's mm, that person mm. that like They might be smiling, but you don't know what their intentions are behind that thing. I think that's where this movie is really like when it works, it really works that way. But no, if people just creepily smile at you, I've always been the one to just creepily smile back and see who breaks first.
0: it's a good plan yeah i like that i'm gonna do that next time but uh <laughs> right on let's start getting into some puzzle pieces what do you have for your first one uh did we start with the obvious or do
1: right we... you know what? let's start with the obvious this one the first thing i said when i stepped out of this was this is the like paramount's version of it follows you know, sure it, sure, it follows if you don't know, follows a teenager played by Michael Monroe that, after a sexual encounter with a new fling, finds herself tied to a chair where the new fling explains to her what's going on. That, like, look, this thing is coming after you. It can look like anybody that you know, it can look like anyone, whether you know them, whether mm-hmm. you don't, and it doesn't. Breathe. it doesn't like eat it won't stop until it gets you the only way you can save yourself is by passing down this curse to the next person you have sex with and so that on its surface is like a really like stupid idea for a movie but in (laughs) it the movie just goes into these big just it it kind of touches on sexual assault it touches on uh the way that of women perceive themselves as like sexual beings and mm-hmm. it's just this discomfort that's felt throughout wow. this thing and the claustrophobia of it follows is something that's just masterfully achieved a disaster piece score which is one of the best mm-hmm. scores of that year he also did um oh, yeah. bodies 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 this year another movie which i absolutely adored but uh yeah just that eerie synth-y Carpenter. Esque thing that's like gearing in the background. I heard some of that stuff and smiled. The curse that kind of follows you around. There is a way to circumvent the curse, which has some morally uh, disturbing implications. And sure. um, yeah, yeah, that feeling that it can look like anybody that you know. That it's sort of a shape shifting uh, demon thing too. And the fact that the movie spends a decent amount of time letting you see how this stuff affects the main character. It's not that they're all about the investigation and it follows. It's mostly about her, like letting the weight of what's happening sink in the way that people look at her, her friends, her family. I think it's her sister and it follows. She's kind of weirded out Mm -hmm. by what's going on. And there's a little bit of horror. There's a little bit of, uh, just personal trauma, uh, some jump scares and it follows that really, really work and work, oh, yeah. not necessarily because it's the jump. It's more the disturbing feeling. Like my favorite one is like, she's um, she's in the bathroom after it's happened and she first finds out she's just looking at her body in the mirror and just that weird mm. discomfort that kind of like, oh God, what have I done? Like, what am I, how do I feel about myself now? And then boom, like some neighbor hits the window with a ball. And it's not, the neighbor hitting the window with a ball is like a dumb jump scare, but it's that feeling that she has about all of this and the way she sees herself. Just uh, that movie, I love it to death. And it, Smile reminded me so much of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great first piece. And I think definitely one of the the biggest, like, most obvious ones. My first one is also going to be one of the biggest, most obvious ones. But, uh, you know, talking about that score, that's another thing I loved about Smile. I, I thought the score was fantastic. Uh, different kind of score, not like the synth-heavy uh, type of score that It Follows has, but equally uh, effective and uh, I I've, I've found very memorable. Um, one of my favorites this year. Uh, but yeah, the 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 main the main thing of It Follows I feel like has been that it it's been super influential in a way. Like it, you know, as far as like recent movies that have inspired a lot of things after it, like mm-hmm. that and maybe like one or two A24 films or something have been like the most influential of like the last five five, 10 years, I feel like. And, uh, it follows comes up so much. Um, it's, it's a great one and it definitely, uh, fits here. Uh, the, the other, I think biggest, uh, obvious one would then be the ring, uh, which yeah. I'll use as my first puzzle piece and kind of goes along with a lot of what we're talking about there with it follows with the, uh, the implications of how to get this curse off of you with it. Like it basically has to be transferred to the next person. And, uh, it, again, like lots of creepy imagery, but it kind of, the scares come more from just the effects of what this does to the people. It's not so much that... Uh you know that it's not a slasher movie or anything like that it's just it really fucks with the people that this is happening to and you kind of put yourself in those shoes and imagine just how terrified and how uh, awful it would be to to have been affected by this thing and just knowing that you have less than a week and it's just going to be horrific and awful and insanely just terrible all three of these movies kind of give you that same feeling of like there's just no escaping this thing
1: yeah uh the great thing about the ring is that you never really settle into the world there are some horror movies like hell even nightmare or some of the fridays like you kind of know what you're getting into you kind of know what's going to be around the corner in any sense it's going to be ah freddy's in a dream or jason's like the one sneaking around that's killing people in the woods. The ring is one of those where you don't know where the creepiness is gonna come from. You don't know if it's gonna be like an image from the VHS, you don't know if it's gonna be the way that just Naomi Watts is sitting there and like thinking about how this horrific stuff is gonna happen to her. Uh every yeah. development of that mystery gets weirder in a different way. And that's one mm-hmm. thing I put above Smile is that I think the way the mystery unfolds in the ring is great whereas in smile it tends to be in my brain a lot of uh oh i watched this uh woman commit suicide i wonder what happened to her oh she watched another guy commit suicide and then like 20 minutes later oh it turns out the person that she had seen had also had the same thing happen to her and it doesn't Uh really go until kind of later in the movie where you get that little divergence in the mystery where it kind of expounds upon itself and like uh, basically expands what's going on. So I'll put that yeah, above sure. it. But, uh, the idea that the paranoia of what's going on to you is really the scariest thing that's going on. That to me is, uh, that's a great thing to basically borrow, like borrow, you know, what do they say? Great artists steal from each other. Like if you're going to steal from something, steal like really good paranoia from the ring.
0: I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, One other thing about that, actually, while we're on that, um, uh, something that I I feel like all three of these movies do that is very difficult to balance and works really well in all three of these movies is that feeling of, like, there's really not a good explanation for how or why any of this is manifesting in the way that it does you know like like yes God there's a bless demon it here. But, yeah like like you know why why can this demon do this i don't know it's but it's scary shit, isn't it like what <laughs> what <laughs> like like, what the fuck you're gonna
1: go into a library you're gonna open up a book on demonology and immediately uh-huh. understand how it's gonna go down like what you're gonna call fucking that would ghost- be the
0: worst you're gonna call
1: the fucking ghostbusters or something no it's a demon man yep if, exactly if we have to believe in an afterlife that's infinite there's infinite possibilities of what this thing can fucking do and so yeah that, yep. god seeking out logic and plot holes wherever you go it's death to a film it's death to personality in a film too like god the idea that you can take a metaphor and you know expound upon that and kind of put your own weird brain and the things that freak you out into it if you have to apply logic to all of that too what a boring movie
0: this would all be absolutely absolutely well what do you got for your next piece
1: I'm going with more of the character stuff. Um, The Invisible Man, the remake uh, this uh, couple years ago with Elizabeth Moss. And specifically, Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed, and uh, actually, I'll save that part for another puzzle piece that's uh, adjacent puzzle piece, The Gift, uh, Joel Edgerton's thing. Uh, And specifically, this sort of Hitchcockian thing of just like putting... Uh, people off-center in the frame, letting a lot of windows be part of your production design so you can see in every corner, try to figure out where this thing is. Uh, So Invisible Man had a really good way of just, like, capturing the environment. And Smile is borrowing from that, too, trying to get you to look in the hallways, look far in the window, to the side, to the corner. Anybody that's standing straight that doesn't quite fit in the frame properly, that's where your eye's supposed to go. Sure. And more for the character wise, like Sosie Bacon's Rose is slowly turned. Uh, I think, I think Elizabeth Moss is already like, where Sosie Bacon is halfway in the movie, but Elizabeth Moss is there in the beginning of the movie. But you get to see that transformation of how this feeling of not being taken seriously is really starting to fuck with her and really starting to make her potentially like, she doesn't want to believe that she's crazy. And especially Sosie Bacon does this thing where, because she's a a therapist and she's supposed to be, on top of her game. Uh, hell, you even hear the first victim Laura is saying, like, don't look at me like I'm crazy. I have a PhD, which mm-hmm. on one hand is like a commentary about, like, look, mental illness can affect all of us. It doesn't mean that because you're not of like a college educated mind that you can't deal with some fucked up shit in your head, too. Yeah, Great absolutely. commentary on that end. But that I, insistence of like, no, you have to believe me. I am a logical, rational person. This is happening to me. I can explain it to you. You're not going to believe it from your perspective, but trust me here, that insistence and that perseverance, despite, you know, the trauma and the mania that comes with dealing from this shit, I think it's very parallel to what Elizabeth Moss is doing in that film.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great piece. And uh, yeah, the invisible man is, is fantastic. I actually never saw the gift, but um, I, I may have to watch that one of these days. That's a cool uh, fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Joel Edgerton is great. And I mean, I think, is that the only thing he's directed so far or did he do something else? He
1: did um, a gay conversion camp uh, movie with uh, it's boy erased with, uh, I think he himself Kidman and uh, Lucas Hedges. I think he dropped that in 2018, but -hmm. the gift is just a fantastic paranoid thriller. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jason Bateman and God and amazing uh, Rebecca Hall in it. just. Like, yeah, if you want like a really great Rebecca Hall performance, you got to watch The Gift. And there's like an yeah. ending to that that's just a motherfucker. It's a great the Secret.
0: The secret is that they're all amazing performances with Rebecca Hall. But um, yeah, <laughs> as, absolutely. i I'll go to my next piece, which is to say that this is the better version of M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Uh, oh. M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening started with a great, premise of this suicide that, uh, passes from person to person and people just keep killing themselves. And then unfortunately the explanation comes speaking of having to over explain everything uh, you know, with nature and whatever, whatever nonsense that was, I think I've blocked out most of the explanation (laughs) at this point, but uh, it's definitely one of the worst ones. Although I am back on the M night Shyamalan train ever since old. I love that movie and I can't wait to see his new one, but the happening did not work very well, but it did start with this great premise and it is kind of the same basic premise that we have here with smile, you know, add in some creepy smiles. But the idea that uh, once somebody commits suicide, it kind of passes on to the next person who then commits suicide. Of course, as we find out later in the movie, it's not really suicide. It's this demon, you know, yeah. doing its thing. But, it, you know, for all intents and purposes.
1: Yeah. Uh, haven't seen the happening. Basically, I've avoided it because of everybody that told me it was dog shit. Mm. uh i do like m night Shyamalan. actually i just watched uh six Sense for the first time this year oh wow and that was that was really fucking cool nobody told me how sad that movie was by the way like everyone was talking about the twist but nobody told me how much of a fucking bummer and how like depressed i would be at the end of the thing
0: yeah. and it's heartbreaking you know, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but uh yeah no the whole uh, if you over explain the thing it's just you I don't know. I think you open yourself up to like a different kind of movie. Like, try mm-hmm. to explain a Lynch piece, or try to explain like some sub- like surrealist shit. If if you try again, if you try to dig too deep into the logic, I think you lose sort of the id fueled primal brains, like some weird cosmic connected to the universe thing sure. that we have. It, it it's the secret sauce in the art, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Stop trying to explain your movie. Just let it sit there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, don't it, cinema it, sins it, yourself,
0: man. As long as we're talking about art, I'm going to throw in a little bonus puzzle piece. It's not really a full piece. Um, I, so let's jump to the end and then we'll jump all around, of course. But uh, at the end, when, when this demon reveals itself and it's this big, gigantic, insane, like, Monster with mouths and and then it, it 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 shoves itself into our main character's mouth, basically. um that scene, and uh, maybe I'm far off, but it reminded me of Goya's Saturn devouring his son's painting, like in reverse. Oh, kinda. yeah, uh, you know yeah so no, I don't know i, I, don't know. I it, you know, obviously That's not a right. movie here, just a kind of like bonus extra piece, but like it just it was something that came to mind for me, and I wonder if that was intentional.
1: That's got to be a little big because that shit, it, like the Renaissance demonic paintings, that shit is horrific. And yeah. God, if we're talking about Smile, like, look, you're, you're probably like way brighter on this thing than I am. Really, the mystery thing just kind of bogged me down. But that <laughs> last 15 minutes is a fucking showstopper. And that special effect is great. Oh yeah. Like watching like Sosie Bacon's mouth just like open up and this person's slipping on like you're trying to put on like a, I have this onesie that I got from Christmas and I feel like that's what this demon's trying to do. Like stretch the legs in and get it right. Like a yep. literal skinwalker thing, man, yeah. that was such a freaking cool effect.
0: Yeah. That's a yeah, great puzzle absolutely. piece. Right on, right on. I'm uh, glad you like that one. Uh, what do you got for your next one? Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like a detour mini uh,
1: puzzle piece uh, that mm-hmm. part and smile whenever they go to the professor's house. He's an art professor, and he starts like drawing all the shit on the walls that like freaked them the hell out. Kind of reminded me of Devil's Candy. A uh, little there's this movie called The Devil's Candy, which is okay. uh, God. It's starring Ethan Embry, and he's this artist slash like real big metalhead that moves out to this new uh, house this farmhouse uh, somewhere. He's got a wife and a daughter and the daughter's like 12 years old and she's a great fucking metalhead. Like her idea of easy listening is Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is fantastic. And uh, whenever he goes to this house, he, this, uh, the history of the house is somebody killed their parents in it. And mm-hmm. every time they killed them, they started like playing this guitar, but like this weird drony death metal thing And so whenever the artist goes to his studio to work this stuff out, he's like visited by the spirit of that evil that happened there. And so he like draws all this crazy shit that ends up being like, uh, you know, fodder for the movie later. But the way that stuff was drawn, the more like hellish imagery, again, the Goya thing was really what brought it to mind. Like these fiery reds and yellows and, blacks Mm. and whatnot just this really disturbing imagery on its own it kind of reminded me of that scene where you see the professor just the the teeth in the night that weird smile just yeah
0: Mm. i don't think i know this movie i i need to watch this This sounds really great it's really good yeah, I just googled it, and uh, it, it it looks like the artwork and everything. It just looks yeah. Fantastic.
1: I I gotta watch this. No, if you're into metal and you're into horror movies like slashers and one, I really think it's one of those great ones where you really care about the characters too. Like yeah. whenever the any of your characters are in peril, that really hurts you. Uh, the relationship between Ethan Embry and the daughter is perfect just yeah that movie is an underrated fucking gem from last uh i think it's
0: 2016
1: 2015 i found it on netflix randomly and fell in love with it
0: nice i'm I'm gonna have to watch that for sure uh, I, I'll go with another one. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with something I've never actually seen. Um, but as long as this is kind of a, a small piece, but, uh, the Blumhouse film truth or dare, which also, oh, I, I fucking with, saw that uh, oh, over exaggerated <laughs> smiles. I, I hated the four months or so when, uh, I had to go to the movie theater and see that trailer. As, as I said, I'm scared of big smiles. So, uh, oh, I, I, I never wanted to see that. I saw this one though. Cause it looked good. Yeah,
1: no. Truth or Dare, that was a fun fact. Uh, The day we were supposed to go see Truth or Dare, I was doing a collaboration with some friends for a YouTube thing. And before that, we were going to go see Isle of Dogs. So Mm -hmm. I had the day off. My buddies um, were going to pick me up and then they were going to drop me off at the other movie theater. So I wasn't driving at all. So it's around three o'clock. I'm four shots of vodka in. I take Mm. like another one for the road. We're driving to Isle of Dogs and we get T-boned by a Tahoe. My friend's Mustang is totaled. There's like a dent in the sign because um, it wasn't like that fast. I think it was something where like somebody misjudged like a yellow or whatnot. And so it wasn't that bad of a hit, but I remember because my buddy has like a two door I'm sitting in the back seat, just waiting for this thing to slow down. Like my one friend jumped out already. My guy who was driving one of my friends, he had like a little like concussion or whatnot. So he was just like, Hey bro, are you okay? And I'm just kind of sitting there in the back, like relaxed, just going like, dude, get out. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to wait for this thing. I'm telling you the Mustang is crawling to a stop, but my guys like sitting like over the front seat, just like making sure I'm okay. I'm like, leave. And so I sit there. I wait for this thing to go, leave, deal with all the hospital stuff, whatever. I'm totally fine. I ended Uh up finding like a couple shards of glass in my mouth a little bit later, but that was fine. And then we Mm -hmm. go see Truth or Dare. And I remember my opening line in the review I did with my buddies was, today I got in a car accident and that was less traumatic than watching Truth or Dare because that movie is (laughs) absolutely God awful. It's just one of those, like, brain-dead horror films. Uh, It's one of those things that goes right in your ear and eye. and just leaves immediately. The only thing I really remember is uh, they – I think they might have pulled some racist stuff with the one, like, Mm. Asian kid. It's the stereotypical, like, the Asian kid dishonoring his dad trope, and it was done pretty lazily. But uh, the smiles got hilarious. It, it it wasn't even like smile. At least in yeah. smile, there's an understanding of tension, like that really great Um, when she's on the phone with the security company, and that oh, yeah, shot yeah. from like behind her head where it's fully in frame. And because you've already seen the creepy smile in frame facing you before, you're like, like waiting for that jump scare to twist. That yeah. tension is great. There's absolutely none of that in Truth or Dare. I just remember like mm-hmm. drunk dudes dancing on like a table and yeah, my car accident. And that was it.
0: <laughs> That's a great story. I, I'm glad you're <laughs> okay. And I'm glad you got to see truth or dare. So you could explain it to me a little bit since, <laughs> uh, since I never saw it, but no, it uh, awful. let's move away from truth or dare. What do you have for your next piece?
1: Uh, my next one is going to be David Sandberg's lights out. And oh, sure. specifically uh, because it's a movie that relies on that. It's a movie with a gimmick, and it sticks to the gimmick so hard, and it rides that gimmick till the very end. You know, when the lights are out, you can see the silhouette, you can see the demon, that's when it's coming after you. And so the rest of the movie is almost answering the question, okay, how do we make this scary? How do we make this interesting? How do we make this fun? And Smile is kind of doing some of that, where it's like, okay, you got these weird smiling people, what are you going to do? We're going to put them in the background. We're going to put them like in the midst of a crowd. If you're smiling, you don't trust anybody. You're looking through everyone in that birthday party. And as soon as you see one weirdo smile, it freezes you in your tracks. We're going to put that weird pain chart in the hospital where it says, describe your pain from zero to 10. And we're going to zoom in on that smiley face and zero just because it's going to weird you the shit out. Uh, (laughs) And I think lights out does this like with a lot more panache. And again, I don't know how much of this is due to budgetary things. I know that uh, Parker Finn developed this from his short that uh, Laura Hasn't Slept from South by a couple years ago. And okay. I, from what I heard, this was supposed to be a Paramount Plus only release. And then the test screenings went so well that they just had to move it to theaters. So I don't know how much support there was for like really like letting him go crazy like he does in the last 15 minutes. But yeah. I... I loved how in Lights Out, like there's the buzzing of the neon in the in the lady's room, and then you can see the thing. Whenever the cops are going after this thing, the flashes from the gun muzzle act- temporarily hide the person. The boyfriend mm. is like being choked, and he turns on his car headlights, and then it drops him. You know that kind of stuff is creative, and it's a lot of fun, and yeah. things that. uh you don't immediately associate with like a horror movie, but it's fun for the gimmick. And sure. so, specifically for like a movie that hangs on to its gimmick and really wants to squeeze every last ounce of it, I really like Lights Out for that reason. And it,
0: yeah, when you watch uh, Smile, I'll, it reminds me of the same thing. A, a lot of those things uh, could be applied back to The Invisible Man as well, which I think plays with a lot of those kind of visual like tricks and like just like playing with uh with what you're seeing on the screen oh, and what yeah. the characters are are dealing with. Um it if, if I'm not mistaken in Lights Out there's like a demon at the end too, right? Like where you're seeing everything but that up until that point and then you finally see it.
1: Yeah, it's like a weird it, if this has been a long time. I think it's like science fiction gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Partially because there's like two girls. There's the regular one who's the blonde one who ends up being i think the main character's mom and then mm-hmm. the other one who was like experimented on she has this disease where she doesn't affect to light well and i think the lady was betrayed or some shit like that and so she's going after the daughter so i'm not totally yeah. sure that it's a demon but again okay. it's one of those things where like by that point you're so into the gimmick it doesn't really matter what mom what like scientific mumbo jumbo they do to like sure this. like if you like Lights Out, you like Malignant. I can't live in a yeah. world where you don't like both those movies because you just really don't care. You're there for the vibes. You're there for the fun.
0: Yeah. And he he uh directed some of the conjuring spinoffs, didn't he? Uh, uh the animal Annabelles creation, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh and of course now is doing the Shazam movies. Uh yeah, I, I'm sure Parker Finn, this is his first uh feature so yeah i'm sure he'll be doing a superhero thing soon enough <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah Part like fin for blade wait yeah. on it let's do it why not yeah oh, let's do it um i will go with drag me to hell which by the way um earlier today i recorded an episode on barbarian And also use Drag Me to Hell as a Puzzle Piece. Oh, fuck. I need to
1: watch that movie so bad. You don't understand. I listen to other podcasts, and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I saw Barbarian. And I'll shut the volume down. Yeah. Everything I I know is that it starts on one level, and it goes down. And that's it. That's all I got. I've avoided Uh the internet well
0: enough for this shit. But yeah, I need to
1: finally get off my ass and go watch Barbarian, because that sounds like a fucking fun-ass time.
0: You gotta watch it, and I'm I'm not gonna talk right now about how Drag Me to Hell uh, applies to Barbarian, but a- as far as here uh, with Smile, I mean, I, I think there's definitely uh, Ramy influence here. What <clears throat> horror movie lately doesn't have Ramy influence? But I mean, really, just how. Bananas things get once we get to the end, and we see that creature and like this big old hag creature basically, (laughs) and and uh, and this unshakable curse. And uh, another thing, um, is the ending, seeing uh, our main character basically succumb to the curse through the eyes of the love interest, um, through the ex boyfriend cop, which kind of like justin long is who's yeah. witnessing the main character die at the yeah. end of drag me to hell so i mean i feel like there's a lot of things once we get to that that third act that start to like we we go in almost in a in a malignant kind of way we we, we go from a straight-up horror movie to a just a crazy balls-to-the-wall horror movie once we get <laughs> to the end you know
1: yeah no i i can completely see where you're going with that uh i wouldn't say it's like as like openly silly as a Raimi movie, I think Mm -hmm. because they are really focusing on sort of the uh, there, there's that whole section of the movie that's about Rose's drama and the guilt she feels over um, like being a child and not like taking responsibility for her mother. And which is, you know, it's a toxic flaw in and of itself because, you know, you're not supposed to be responsible for somebody else's life. Like, you're not supposed to be responsible for your parents' life. That's yeah, it just is. Like if they don't make that decision to live for themselves, then you know y- you can't do it for them. But uh, yeah, the ending, the way that it gets weird and like the distorted faces that like come at you towards the screen, it looks almost like a like one of those weird clowns out of like a Scooby Doo movie just coming at yeah. you. It feels very silly, Raymi to me. But, yeah, yeah, that's a good exactly.
0: One. Yeah, they hold on to it until the very end, and then they just like. Leave you, they get you leaving the theater with just like a wow, that was fun, like in, in those last 15 like, yeah. 20 minutes, you know. So, yeah,
1: it's, it's like a good showstopper at the end of a haunted house,
0: you know. Exactly. If, if
1: you leave a haunted house with a great, like, boom scare, that's like what you remember, right? So, exactly, that's all it, exactly. So, what do you got next? Uh, let me go. The more I think about this one, uh, have you ever seen this documentary called The Nightmare? No. There's a documentary called The Nightmare that's about sleep paralysis and it kind of links together these six people talking about their experiences and how they're all kind of seeing the same thing in their dreams. Mm -hmm. And something about the way Smile had that sort of communal experience around it, like the scene where she visits Rob Morgan in jail and immediately like they both have this like even though they don't explicitly say it until the very end, they both kind of have this understanding of how this thing works and feels. Uh, the right. nightmare does like these recreations, these like uh, reinventions or imaginings or whatever of the sleep paralysis demon. And yeah. the you'll hear the person talking about it in their voiceover and the way things smile. Like I'm brought back to the art professor where all he saw was just like that mouth smiling in the dark that yeah. like, paralyzing fear you can't escape it it's not really coming after you it's not like pouncing on you it's just leering over you and it kind of like there's this feeling that it's like it's all in your head type of thing because you know because sleep paralysis affects people like individually it's not like it's a thing you can experience unless you've yourself have experienced it you can't experience it for somebody else basically and yeah. so that feeling of not i had naked. it once, seriously. Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, it I didn't see a fucking... demon, but yeah, I saw a guy with a a hat. Like uh, what the some fuck? kind of weird Everybody says hat. that. Yeah, Everybody it's so say... weird. Yeah, it was very very weird. I remember posting on Facebook about it. I didn't even know what that was at the time, and I posted on Facebook about it. This was like five six years ago or something like that. And uh, yeah, I was like in in the dream, I was I was sleeping a bit. I was an adult, but I was sleeping in bed with my parents. And this this guy in a hat came to the edge of the bed, and we were just me and my parents were just not scared. We were just like, oh, that's weird that there's a guy in a hat at <laughs> the bed. Just like, just totally calm and just like out of it. And yeah, and I woke up and uh, everyone was like, yeah, you just were visited by a demon. And I was like, oh, what fuck. the fuck?
1: <laughs> no, that's what the whole movie is though. It's like these six people sharing. And uh, my wife has talked about uh, the top hat. Mine is uh, and I don't know if this is just the way I slept, like I w- I wake up, half of my bed is on the pillow, and half of my head is on the pillow because I can see out of one eye, but for some mm-hmm. reason, I can't move the rest of my body, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like you can feel your brain sending the signal. but it's almost like if this is the lever that controls your arm, the signal's just like not quite getting there.
0: Yeah, And so I'm sitting yeah. there
1: like, okay, I know I can make myself move, like move. Like you can't like position yourself. It's just stuck in your head. And so it was like that for like a solid five minutes and it freaked me the hell out. Uh, haven't seen a demon. And I'm pretty sure I was awake. Like I'm pretty sure this was morning time. But like that feeling of like initially being like conscious and not being able to move your own body is something just like on a another level and so yeah
0: but yeah that that documentary sounds really good actually it sounds really interesting especially because i've experienced something like that and and uh yeah and, and to the movie itself like using it as a puzzle piece i mean yeah i mean these these people have all experienced this thing that's like really unexplainable no one else could possibly understand it and that that really does become like a big part of it so i mean it makes total sense here as a puzzle piece so i like that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in uh another kind of simple-ish one, but um I I was uh thinking a lot, especially every time we see the results of one of these supposed suicides. Uh, of the opening scene of Midsummer, um, with the sister's oh. suicide, which is just horrific, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just this big long close up of this post-dying suicide by suicide body, the big horrific score, um, just using that imagery to really just unsettle you and put you in a bad place, you know? And over and over again here as as it travels from person to person, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, I thought you were going to go with Final Destination on it
0: just because <laughs>
1: uh, Final Destination has that, like, I think it's the variety of kills thing. But yeah, the mid like, a- as you mentioned, the opening scene of Midsummer is just that sinking gross, just, yeah, it's like Final Destination for somebody who like wants to shame you for having fun. It's like somebody yeah. who's like watching people enjoy Final Destination and being like, you are disturbing people. And this is why it's just like, <laughs> God, man, come yeah. on.
0: The, you know, we're yeah. so desensitized with all these movies, but that is one that I watched and was like, ugh. uh, cut away from this soon, please. You know, it's just, there's no, there's no like horror,
1: like horror movie in it. You know, it's Mm. not like a movie. It's like, you're watching. It feels partially like you're watching a snuff film. I think it's just the elaborate nature of it. The idea that this was orchestrated. And it feels like more like a David Fincher seven reveal more than like a final destination reveal. And even then seven is so like outwardly and like intensely grimy that it feels like an aesthetic choice. Whereas this one just feels like you stumbled upon like the worst day of somebody's life.
0: (laughs) It's just uh... (laughs) absolutely. Well, I only have one more piece left. What what do you, do you have any more left?
1: Uh, I got one. Like uh, there's a part of me that, uh, again, I focus, I harp on the mystery thing and the sort of repetitiveness of it because the movie's like an hour 50 And there's a part where I'm just like, okay, I kind of know where this thing is going. Like, I really need to slow down. There was a part of me that's like, okay, I either want this to be, like, really, really good, like it follows, or I want it to be dumber. Like, there's a Mm. part of me that when she first loses the cat and you, like, open the, uh, what's it called, the birthday present, I wanted that cat to be
0: smiling (laughs) I thought that was going to happen, hundred (laughs) percent.
1: Either that, or the cat is mangled. No, when the kid pulls out the cat, I'm like, wait, that's the toy my son has. We bought him like this uh, animatronic cat that they normally use for dementia patients, but you can get it cheap at like toy stores and thrift shops anywhere. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's what that cat is. That's not scary at all. But yeah, I wanted the idea of wanting it to be dumber has linged me into like. I love Countdown. the killer app curse movie. That movie right. is so deliciously stupid. And whenever they like break down the whole like how do you fix this curse? Well, no, of course, you just go into the code of the app and you find this weird enchanted Latin inside of it and take oh, it to God. a place and fucking read it..
0: And you- that's amazing
1: you got like tom segura not giving a shit as like the radio shack owner or whatever and just the silliness of that movie and yeah. just the commitment to silliness is something that i really kind of missed from this movie but yeah. when this movie does uh, get silly like that it's kind of like oh you know that that's fine i want to i want to go there yeah no count <laughs> yeah countdown you're being followed by this weird curse and you can't get rid of it and everything you do to try to get rid of it ends up like screwing you over in the end but it's like dumb and silly and just uh
0: i like it that's hilarious yeah i do wonder how much like this movie would have gotten that again to bring up barbarian it would have you know this year's barbarian like excitement level that so many people have had would would this movie have gotten that same kind of excitement if this movie was sillier or more just kind of crowd pleasing rather than uh you know it is pretty damn dark for at least you know the first two acts you know until things get a little crazy Mm -hmm. in the end it's pretty dark and pretty heavy and so yeah, if it had leaned into some of that kind of craziness, I wonder if it would be a bigger hit than it already is, you know?
1: Yeah, and the attempts to try and do that, like some of the comedy in, comedy in this thing didn't really work for me, like you know, God bless Jesse T. Usher but, he, no <laughs> like, I, I just don't buy him in movies I'm sorry uh, yeah. The Kyle Gallner trying to hit on sosie Bacon and The Nurse just being like, I'll i'm single or something like that (laughs) that it's like too little at that point i really need just like some straight up like goofiness and that's kind of part of what lights out is doing too like really go for it with the gimmick
0: you know they didn't let cal pen be funny at all you know
1: yeah that was he's a uh, funny guy
0: yeah Yeah. which i mean
1: cool you know playing against type and He really does show that he cares. Like it's a very sincere role for him until you know he fucking peels his own face off or whatever. Yeah, I mean that was yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah. Well. (laughs) my last piece, um, and this is another one that's not a movie, but um, it's just, I guess you would just say it's more of an observation. But uh, I don't know when this movie, when they got started on production on it. I I know you said that it's partially at least uh, inspired by his own short film that he had worked on a few years back. But um, it seems like the perfect time to make a movie about seeing people's creepy smiles right after uh, the COVID mask all of us having to wear masks has kind of gone away for the most part. Uh, You know, the pandemic's still ongoing of course, but nobody's wearing masks anymore. After two years of not seeing people's faces, not seeing people's smiles and to come back to creepy fucking smiles, I feel it's kind of a a little bit of a genius act here and kind of goes along with the marketing of the movie as well. You know, interesting.
1: Yeah. This idea that, um, I mean, you could you could play it off as like a smile is supposed to be warm. It's supposed to be inviting. And it feels like our country is anything but at the moment. Yes. Like we're all like still duking it out with each other just because we're able to go out and hang out at the movies and go see concerts. And like some of our favorite bands are coming back. It doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory. We still right. got... You know fascists trying to remove reproductive rights and we still mm-hmm. got people that legitimately believe asian Orange needs to run again in 24 and just mm-hmm. like it's uh it's still a scary place out there so the idea of like turning something that should be liberating like us removing the mask being able to see the full like joy in our faces realizing what's underneath isn't what you expected or wanted that's uh yeah I didn't I didn't think about that as like a cultural Thing. but yeah,
0: yeah i'm kind of i'm I'm kind of into it i i like that yeah i mean it, it's just it's been a weird time these last couple years you know and it's like it it seemed like we would never see each other's faces again for a while and yeah now we do and maybe it's a little weird seeing each other you know it's uh it it, it plays into the film's favor i think have you caught
1: yourself uh Because there was like a feeling and it wasn't just, I think partially media did this, but there was this feeling that like, yeah, we would never see us do this again, or this is the new normal. You have to get into it. Once things started kind of going back to normal, I don't know how it is over there in Vegas, but like in Texas, it legitimately like everybody's sort of back to normal and people walk in and pick up their, I work at a pharmacy. People go in and pick up their COVID medications like they're picking up the cold meds or the flu meds. It's, it's almost like it's very easy for us to return back to where we were, like mm-hmm. pretending like millions of people didn't just die from this fucking pandemic thing and are still dying from it. And we don't have that great of a grasp on it yet. We're getting better, but we don't have a great of a grasp on it. But I guess yeah. the, the ease of our minds to return to normal or like the, the desire to return to normal and yeah. how easy for is to go from like a thing that we actively go for to something that we just kind of passively slide back into that yeah. shift for me has been weird
0: not, not to get too deep into it but like i i feel like a lot of people they just need that like they, they simply can't go on without things going back to normal you know and so even even if it's not time yet it's it just kind of has to be and uh for better or worse i mean i i was i had some sniffles yesterday and first thing i did went and got a covid test and like <laughs> yeah. when when will i not have to do that you know when can it just be sniffles you know what i mean it's like yeah it's weird um, i mean i've been
1: sick with this thing since uh tuesday and that's um that that's what i had to do too just like go in the cabinet Cause you know, you don't immediately diagnose yourself with COVID. I mm. did it. I found myself just going like, all right, well it's the, you know, time of the year again, where my allergies come back to bite me or whatever. And that's what it is because I took a test and I'm totally fine. But like yeah. that additional weight of grabbing a COVID test, it's that weird like regression back into the fear of it all. And even yeah. though like I am vaccinated and boosted and like likely the, 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 Virus would affect me in a much milder way than normal. There's still sure. that paranoia that kind of lingers on there, and just yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a weird fucking time, man. It's heavy,
0: never going away. But uh <laughs> <laughs> do you have any uh closing thoughts on Smile? Anything we didn't quite get into? uh I didn't know she was Kevin Bacon's daughter until after I didn't the movie. either. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And, and
1: then yeah. like you, when you see it. Like, when once you hear it, it's, like, immediate. Like, oh, she totally looks like a dad. But, yeah, sure. I didn't know that one. And uh, I, re- I really, even though I'm not, like, a big fan of Smile, I really do want better, good things for Parker Finn, I think, mm-hmm. as uh, he's got, like, an interesting idea here, this whole uh, dealing with your mental trauma and how that affects everybody around you through this demonic thing. Like, that's just great horror storyteller, like, like fodder you know that if your brain naturally goes there i'm already with you and i think he has a solid grasp on tension and his influences are everywhere from like the shining to something like obviously it follows like the guy's got a good grasp on what makes horror work and so yeah i'm looking forward to what he's got next
0: yeah and, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, but, like, my only other thing would be just to kind of reiterate, um, you know, some of the things surrounding this movie are some of the most exciting parts. That killer trailer, all of the weird marketing things they did at, like, baseball games and all that stuff. I, I hope Hollywood and, and filmmakers in general continue to do stuff like that. It really just brings a little bit of excitement back. I mean, everything is just so kind of sanded off a little bit, you know, especially yeah. to bring COVID back up. But, you know, since these last couple of years of the pandemic, like, everything is just so, you know, down. It, it We need more fun like that. And, and I love that they were able to pull all this stuff off with this movie. Even if the movie, you know, I, like you said, I it's not like a favorite of the year or anything like that. But, like, I had a lot of fun with it. And part of that does go to everything around the movie itself.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. there's this fear, especially nowadays, uh, the movies are sort of becoming disposable. You know, they're reducing mm-hmm. the theatrical, the DVD window. and uh, there's been this like doom and gloom about the theatrical experience going away. And it's just like taking, you know these aren't like Times Square size billboards for smile. You know, these are really simple little gimmicks that just happen to catch the right eyes at the right time. So you don't have to do a lot to make your movie really feel like an event anymore. And I think that's one of the boons of uh, social media and technology is that you're able to really spark a great, you know, big firestorm of, like, impressions from something that's, like, a really simple idea. So, yeah, yeah, you know, if this... um movie has a place in 2022. It's just kind of reminding you that like the, the Vincent castle showmanship is not gone away and I don't Absolutely. think it ever will. And God forbid it ever should, or it does.
0: Absolutely. Well, Daniel, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
1: Uh, X I'm about to cover that on the podcast and nice. that movie, I came into it late, but I remember watching it, feeling good on it. And then I'm driving in the car, and I'm thinking more about it. And then I'm at home in the shower, and I'm thinking more about it. And I'm hanging out with my kid, and I'm thinking more about it. So that's a movie and a phenomenon. Like Speaking of like stuff that's going on in 2022, the fact that Ty West is able to like unravel this trilogy of horror movies and really yeah. get people into it and make some decent money off of that, that's exciting too. Absolutely. So yeah, X is a movie. If you haven't seen it and you're like a fan of Texas Chainsaw, and you just if if you're like a fan of Texas Chainsaw with the, sort of the approach of something like hereditary just slightly off kilter a little bit more character based uh really willing to go into the grime that's a fucking grimy like dirty movie not <laughs> sure not for explicitly is. like what happens in it but like just the feeling like you never feel safe in that film
0: yeah and, yeah, yeah. X is great. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's an exciting year for horror. That's for sure. Damn straight. uh, Great stuff. Uh, Tell people where they can find you and your podcast.
1: I'm on uh, most of the, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple podcasts. I'm on pretty much everywhere as just the movies, self-explanatory podcast. It's the Mm -hmm. place where I get to do my movie diary and just rant about the world. You can follow me on Twitter at the movies underscore pod. I've just released my own, uh, review of smile. If you want to hear me go a little bit more in different tangents about that. And like I just mentioned, I'm going to drop my episode on X starting uh, Monday. So Monday would be October 10th. So this episode might come out then or there before, but you know, time doesn't exist in a COVID land. So.
0: That is absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to that smile episode and, uh, Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for being back on the show and hopefully we'll get you back again sometime.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, David. It's been fun.
0: He's Johnny. And he's Darren. Do you like movies? Do you like your childhood? Do you like movies from your childhood? Do you like podcasts about movies from your childhood? If you answered yes to one or all those questions, then you might enjoy NostalgiaCast. It's a podcast about movies from your childhood. So if you're nostalgic for nostalgia, then you might like NostalgiaCast. So you know, that's the name of our podcast, NostalgiaCast? Yeah, I, I think they got that. Should we sign off? Let's do it. I'm Johnny. And he's Darren. And, and this, this is NostalgiaCast. Is NostalgiaCast. I win. <laughs> All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about smile. Thanks to Daniel for being on the episode. Make sure to check out his episode about smile and uh, thank you to you for listening. If you enjoy what we do here on piecing it together, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you're listening or wherever your favorite podcast app is. Also the discover pods, uh, best podcast, award thing just opened up and if you really like the show maybe go drop us a nomination over there that would be really awesome if you did that but of course the number one thing is just keep on listening You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And don't forget about our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, as well as from Awesome Movie Year and from my music career. I am currently working on two new albums, and I will be posting another sneak peek on the Patreon later this week. And a new Awesome Movie Year bonus episode just hit the Patreon on a few good men. Uh, so there's that over there, as well as a bunch of piecing it together episodes. And I mentioned Barbarian on this episode. Uh, that piecing it together is on the Patreon. So it'll eventually hit the main feed, but you can check it out now. So uh, that is what's going on. Let's close this out with a piece of music, as we always do. And it is the Halloween season, the spooky season. I got to play something kind of creepy sounding. So, you know, I'm actually going to go with a, uh, a piece of music. I have this folder on my hard drive just filled with, like, creepy tracks that I never released in any way, shape, or form. And I don't know what, if anything, I'll ever do with them. Some of them I might not even be able to, like, reopen and touch up and, like, make them finish. They just exist as demos, and that's all I'll ever be able to do with them. This is one of those such songs. So... It's a pretty cool track. Uh, maybe maybe by ear I can recreate it one day and like make a new version or something because it's from way back in 2013 and I'm not going to release it in its current state. But it is pretty cool, and so let's play it to close out the episode. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon. <music>